you're about to get lucky with the Bare Naked Money podcast, the show that gives you the naked truth about personal finance with your hosts, Josh Shellick and Colin White, portfolio managers with WLWP Wealth Planners, IA Private Wealth. Welcome to Bare Naked Money, the in-person edition. Uh, I've been asked to speak about reverse mortgages. Now, reverse mortgages are a special kind of animal that's actually in a bigger cage. So I think we're going to talk about the whole cage and end with reverse mortgages. Yeah, really, at this point, there's so many people out there, especially today with massive wealth in real estate. And real estate often, in, in my eyes, is becoming the retirement plan for, uh, for some of our clients and, and I'm sure many other investors that are out there. Well, many people look at their house as, as, as a, a twofold. Number one is their house, but number two, it's an asset that maybe they intend to spend someday. And so the most basic thought that gets put forward is I'll sell my house one day and then I'll use the money for something. And that's a pretty definitive moment in time. Typically it's something that you want to push off a great distance. And so then there's this market, if you will, for an idea that involves well, maybe I don't want to sell my house and, and cash the big check all at once. Is there a more gradual way of doing it? And that's where things like reverse mortgages and other strategies come in to basically access the equity that you've built up in your real estate. And as to Josh's point, something that has been more prolific recently, you know, certainly more substantial. Uh, there's people sitting with a lot of uh, equity tied up in their home and what is the right time and how to access that? So you mentioned the financial aspects of it, Colin, but it's not always just a financial decision. A lot of times the home, your family home, maybe a multi-generational home has some very sentimental, um, feeling or emotions for people. Maybe there's a lot of more personal reasons why they want an estate in that place and not strictly for financial purposes. So it's. The, the idea to sell could be a financial one, but it could also be something that you want to avoid because, Hey, this is my home. I've lived here for 40, 50 years. I don't want to leave. Yeah. And you're kind of taking it into the ditch a little bit about, Hey, we need to keep this house for the kids and the kids really don't give a shit. Yeah, the kids don't live here anymore. That whole murky conversation. And they really do shot some, some collateral that's available online where you can hear us talk about estate planning and planning for the family cottage and things like that. Uh, but you're right. At the end of the day, you want to be in control of your house as long as is possible. I mean, so for some people, you reach a point where financially you've exhausted the majority of your other assets and you're going, well, I feel like this is a financial imperative. I have to sell my house now, but maybe I want to, I want to stay here for another year or two. And if I had the money, I could do that. Well, that's where beginning to dip into the equity of your home can do that. It's sort of like a pre-sale of a little bit of your house. Right. So typically you would start with a recommending a whole equity line of credit, right, Josh? Yeah, I think for us, that's the most straightforward and most basic approach to use to start to unlock some of that. And I think importantly for us, flexibility is kind of paramount for us. So home equity line of credit gives you the flexibility to borrow as little or as much against the whole up to the limit of that line of credit that you want, you can also pay off as little as the interest or as much of that line of credit as you want at any given point in time as well. 
So that's one of those where it's a nice lever to pull whenever you want, however you want, gives you a lot of freedom. Well, it's important that we're giving this opinion at a period of very low interest rates. Yeah. So if we were sitting in interest rates were six, seven, eight, twelve percent, we might be a little less cavalier with putting this forward. But in the current interest rate environment, it's very accommodative to doing that kind of stuff. And to Josh's point, having the, the flexibility to do that now, there are a group of you out there who should not listen to this at all. And you're the people that, hey, look, I got a line of credit for $20,000. How big of a TV can I get? If you're the kind of person that's going to spend every available cent that you have available to you at any moment in time, this is enough rope to hang yourself with. So home equity lines of credit are best used to be very judicious, gentle, way over time with the goal of sustaining a lifestyle for an, an extended period of time before you have to make that final I'm selling my house and, and getting out moment of time. Yeah. So line of credit, one back to the line of credit, great, but some issues with that potentially, right? Well, there can be, I mean, so one of them that comes to mind is qualifying for it. Yeah. Because financial institutions are funny. Uh, they would like to see you have the ability to pay it back. Even if in your own mind is like, I'm just going to sell the house and pay this back at some point. That doesn't go into the boxes that the financial institutions will use. So sometimes, even though your real estate has gone up tremendously in value, you're unable to show the income to service the debt on paper in a sufficient way to get that home equity line credit. So apart from abusing it and causing yourself financial harm on your own side, there's the financial institutions aren't going to necessarily look now. Having said that, I think that there are more accommodative financial institutions to this kind of transaction. Mm. But, you know, if you, in their minds, they may be considered to take more risk and it may get more expensive, which I guess is where, if you keep going down this road, you end up talking about the reverse mortgage, reverse mortgages. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but hold on. So one thing that we've recommended to some in the past is before you retire, well, you still have cash flow to demonstrate that you can pay off a line of credit. Maybe it's worthwhile visiting your local bank branch or local lending institution and taking out a line of credit at that time. Because once they issue that line of credit for you, they're not going to relook at it again once you retire to see um, if you still qualify for it. So that might be a little bit of a, a tip or a trick to kind of work around that, that constraint. Because really what most lenders, certainly bank lenders, are going to look at is, do you have that the cash flow coming in to pay off that line of credit? And that means it's good to apply for that line of credit when you have sufficient cash. All the banks will be watching this podcast, right, Josh? <laughs> well, maybe it'll, it'll lead to some changes on their policies. Well, it might lead to a change whether this podcast is available. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But you'd be all brave all at once. Good for you. But yeah, and Josh is right. You know, they know. Technically, by the letter of your agreement, they can go back and revisit the line of credit at any point in time. And if, for example, in their death and spouse, they have to get revisited. Right. Uh, so there can be events that happen where they could just choose to check on it from time to time. And after this podcast, maybe they're going to check on Josh's. I don't know. Uh, so again, it's, it, it is a way to, to tip the, the table in your favor in the short term for sure. I mean, it's, yes, this is advice I've given people to Josh. I just, I wasn't so brazen about it. <laughs> for, well, for any bankers that are out there trying to come after me, I don't even own a home. So don't bother looking. Hey, me either. <laughs> why, why are we talking about this? <laughs> I don't know. 
But so you you mentioned it before, the reverse mortgage. Yeah. What advantages does a reverse mortgage offer over a traditional line of credit or selling your home, for example? Well, from what I have, what I've read about them and understand, I've never had one. I've seen clients with them, and from what I've read and understand about them, they are easier to qualify for. They don't have the uh, income testing in them uh, now. Their their limits of borrowing are a little bit lower than what you would get in a traditional mortgage because uh, eternally they've done the math, assessed your mortality and the time you're likely to have to sell them home, and they want to make sure that there's enough juice left in the, you know, the, the time that's left that the money that's borrowing when you accrue an interest rate to it is not going to exceed the value that they'll eventually sell out for. So they've done the math and that was a really complicated way of saying it. And you can ask me in the comments below and I'll do a better job in replying to comments on this podcast as to how that math works. But at the end of the day, the interest rates I've seen have been higher. So you're paying a premium. And again, because this is higher risk lending, it's less liquid from the lender's perspective. But it may allow you uh, to buy yourself that extra six months, that extra year, that extra two years to live in the home that you want to live in, in the lifestyle that you want to have without unnecessary financial stress. And if you are in a situation where your home is going to dramatically in value, there could be a lot of equity there that you're saying, I could buy myself some more independence here. I could to sell my car and use taxi cabs, or I could have someone do all the lawn work for me. I could hire somebody to, to plow the yard. I could hire to lift it so I don't have to use the stairs. And I had some money. I could do all of these things. And with all that support, I could stay in my home. And if that's what's important to you, and we always talk about what's important to an individual, then this is a way to accomplish that. And under those circumstances, maybe. But what, what have you seen as the downside to the first mortgage? Well, I think you mentioned the interest rate one, Colin, which I think is, is the big one for me. Okay. I've seen rates on line of credits, lines of credit below 3%. And from what I understand, the reverse mortgage, you're probably looking at five, six to seven right now. Is that similar to what you've seen? I've seen, I've seen seven and seven yeah. plus. Yeah. yeah. So you're looking at right now, double or more than double the interest rate on the, the debt, the borrowing. Yeah. The other thing that I, I think is a bit of an issue is you're not making any payments on your reverse mortgage. You're just getting money coming in. So you don't really see how that debt is kind of ballooning and eating into your, your wealth. It's really, it's eating into your net worth over time. So it's eroding an asset that you would otherwise have available at some point down the road to pass on to family, friends, beneficiaries, pets, whoever it is. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people kind of lose sight of that with the reverse mortgage because it's not as front and center when you're, you're having to make the interest payments on a regular basis. Well, yeah, the ones I've been aware of, the ones I've seen kind of lump sum payment. So you're not necessarily getting a monthly, yeah. but you're getting a lot of stuff. Sure. So here's, here's $50,000. Well, I need to buy. Okay. What do you get with the other 45? Well, stuff or buy other crafts yeah. or invested or whatever. It's a little bit more definitive like that. Like you're going to get a portion, you're going to get a big check and then you're going to have some decisions to make. Uh, and again, life doesn't go in a straight line, but I think that this is, uh, I'll, I'll reverse this a little bit and say, it depends on what your goals are. If you're, if you're sitting in your house and you don't have the income to, to justify a home equity line of credit, and it's super important to you that you get some more time in that property, then a reverse mortgage may be the ticket. It may be the thing that, that fits at that time, even if the interest rate is higher, even if it's less flexible, even if don't let those financial things necessarily guide the whole uh, decision-making process. Decide what's important to you first, 
then see financially how that can be supported and approach you in that way. I've never actually been in a situation where a line, where first line or first mortgage made a lot of sense, but I can see, I can see that situation. Yeah. I, 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 I could legitimately see somebody in the point where, yeah, this makes a, a ton of sense. Um, but again, I think they're, they're pushed maybe and marketed in a way that, that, you know, they don't need to be used as much as, well, I guess the providers would like everybody to have one, but was probably a market surgery. You know, and that's up to the individual to be discerning enough to figure out whether they're, they're the right target. Yeah. It's interesting because I get a lot more questions on, should I have a reverse mortgage or should I get a reverse mortgage than should I have a line of credit on my home or something like that? So they are, it is a, a bit of a marketing thing as well that they're highly promoted and it sounds like a great idea on its, on its face, but when you actually dig into it, there may be some better options available. Well, I think that also comes back to the fact that whole equity lines of credit are kind of a commodity. Yeah. It's not a high margin thing for the institutions that don't that put them in place. And it's, it's, it's all the same spaghetti. Like is it, they're really not all that different. So you can't, you're not that profitable. You can't differentiate them. There's not a lot of pricing power. So whole equity line of credits are not going to be featured to television ads. Like that's, that's not something you're going to see. Uh, there's, there's some learning to do here. If you see it, like really peddled at you on TV all day, every day running ads, well, wait a second, it's worth them spending all the money to produce these ads and run them. Therefore the product itself must be pretty profitable, right? right? So, but again, at the end of the day, if that actually, you know, floats your boat and fits your needs because you're desperate to stay in your house or sorry, desperate surrender, you're really intent on staying in your house another year and you're not as concerned about the estate you're leaving behind burned a little bit of extra of that money to buy yourself that happiness and independence you can't lose anybody to tell you you shouldn't do that i guess to sum it up reverse mortgages not big fans and i haven't really recommended one but i could see a situation where i might think it was a good idea i just haven't seen one in real life yet <laughs> if that wasn't the most resounding pound on the table marketing pitch i don't know i don't know <laughs> Where's my button for bye bye bye? Thanks, Don. This information has been prepared by White LeBlanc Wealth Planners, who is a portfolio manager for IA Private Wealth. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the portfolio manager only and do not necessarily reflect those of IA Private Wealth Inc. IA Private Wealth Inc. is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. IA Private Wealth is a trademark and business name under which IA Private Wealth Inc. operates. We've noticed something. It seems there are a lot of people who would rather try to figure out their lives with an online calculator than air your finances to a human. Stop doing that. You need to talk to someone who can help direct you, tell you where to start with what you've got to make the biggest impact on your future. You can't figure that out at doihaveenoughcash.com, but you can figure it out by chatting with us. Call us, it'll be okay, you'll see. Content of this presentation, including facts, views, opinions, recommendations, descriptions of, or references to products or securities, is not to be used or construed as investment advice, as an offer to sell, or the solicitation of an offer to buy, or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Although we endeavor to ensure its accuracy and completeness, we assume no responsibility for any reliance upon it. This should not be construed to be legal or tax advice, as every client situation is different. 
This podcast has been prepared for information purposes only. The tax information provided in this podcast is general in nature, and each client should consult with their own tax advisor, accountant, and lawyer before pursuing any strategy described herein, as each client's individual circumstances are unique. We've endeavored to ensure the accuracy of the information provided at the time that it was written. However, should the information in this podcast be incorrect or incomplete, or should the law or its interpretation change after the date of this document, the advice provided may be incorrect or inappropriate. There should be no expectation that the information will be updated, supplemented, or revised, whether as a result of new information, changing circumstances, future events, or otherwise. We are not responsible for errors contained in this podcast or to anyone who relies on the information contained in this podcast. Please consult your own legal and tax advisor.